Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes of Israel scattered abroad. I hope you're having a blessed one today. You know, I'm coming to you today because I have an opportunity, because of the world events this week, to redeem the time, to redeem a little piece of history, and to bring it back to the reality of our Messiah Yahushua. What am I talking about? I'm talking about what happened in Paris this week, and a tragedy it was. Of course, thankfully, nobody was hurt, but we lost a piece of European history. I'm talking about Notre Dame, burnt, burnt in the very heart of Paris this week. Some of you may have seen that architectural wonder. I saw it up close and personal many years ago, right after Princess Diana was assassinated in those tunnels. I came walking by and saw the shroud of flowers to her memorial, and what a sad occasion that was. A great woman there, of course, murdered by the New World Order. There's a great book about it, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about Notre Dame burning to the ground. But housed within Notre Dame, apparently, according to the Parisians, not sure if I believe them, but is the crown of thorns. I was wondering, well, yes, I'm, I, it's sad that the roof burnt, that the spire collapsed and people are crying, but I'm more concerned about a holy relic. Is it truly a holy relic that they have? But we know that its foundation, of course, is biblical truth. Whether the Parisians have the real deal or not, we will never know unless we get to examine it up close and personal. But anyway, they do tell us that they did save the crown of thorns out of Notre Dame this week. The crown of thorns did not get burned up in the flames that we saw destroy this great European piece of architecture. And if I ever have an opportunity to take something in the news, something in my daily life that affects me, and turn it back to a spiritual reality where I get to share some biblical truth, I'm going to take it. So that's what today's about. I want to talk to you about the crown of thorns. Because, like I say, Notre Dame burnt to the ground. But the holy relic that they apparently have did not get burnt. Now, of course, we have to take all of this with a bit of a pinch of salt when it comes to the Parisians. Because even if you do go to Notre Dame and you have a look at the crown of thorns back in the day, you'd notice that many of the thorns have been plucked off the crown. Why? Well, when the Crusaders were making their way back from Jerusalem, of course, some of these knights would pluck off one of those thorns and um, enshrine it in a little um, cathedral or a little chapel somewhere. All the way throughout Europe, there are these little thorn chapels, just like you see in Europe, bone chapels. Well, there are actually thorn chapels where then people flock because this chapel is established in one of these countries throughout Europe by the Knights or the Knights Templar, and they've got a little thorn in there, supposedly from the very brow of our Messiah, Yahushua, and it's enshrined there for centuries and centuries. So by the time the crown, of course, gets to Notre Dame in Paris, eh, there's not so many thorns left on it. Let's talk about that. Because what thorn? The Bible says it's actually the umbrella thorn, or the acacia thorn coming from the acacia tree 
in modern Hebrew parlance, it's really Israeli bamboo. Now, myself and many of you maybe have toured Israel. If you remember, if you ever went up to En Gedi, of course, that's where David was escaping from Saul, it's a dry desert barren land and if you're there around lunchtime, the sun is beating down and the only place to take shade up there in En Gedi is a huge umbrella thorn or acacia tree that shades the very spot where the tour guides often point to you. Now this acacia tree is the Israeli bamboo. It was used in the construction of the tabernacle. It was used for the construction of the temple. The Ark of the Covenant, which housed the Book of the Covenant, was of course constructed from the acacia tree or the umbrella thorn. Now it is supposed that the gum from the acacia thorn was actually used to pitch the ark that Noah went into, the vessel of salvation. So here's the remez, here's the hint for you. Something to do with the umbrella thorn, the acacia tree or Israeli bamboo, has got to do with bringing forth a vessel of salvation, pitching it. So as we go on, acacia trees, they could often be used for healing, for medicinal purposes, for the land, for the people, or they could be used for weapons to cause bleeding, to cause pain, to cause destruction, and to bring forth judgment. Do you see where I'm going with this? This is all just brought about today by listening to the news and thinking, whatever happened to the crown of thorns? Now, this acacia tree, it could also be used for decorations. Often it would be used in art and even basket weaving. Now, these thorns from the acacia thorn bush, they would grow more than two inches in length and they could pierce and trap an animal or a man dead in his tracks. Now, the acacia thorn was actually used to line the Sefer Torah. We just sold our Sefer Torah here at Torah to the Tribes and we're very, very thankful to be able to do that because it had the Star of Rafam all over it and we didn't know back then. But we've grown as you've grown. Anyway, we've liquidated a bunch of stuff here and we've enabled us to now invest in more broadcasting and a better website and whatnot. But what I was saying is the Sefer Torah, the scroll of Torah, was actually marked by the acacia thorn. And then the scribe could then write in a straight line because of the markings in the Sefer Torah that were done by, of course, the acacia thorn. So think about this for a moment. The word of Yahuwah will be scarred and marked by the acacia thorn. And by the scarring or marking of the word of Yahuwah with the acacia thorn, all that follow will be able to walk in a straight line or stay on the narrow path. Huh? There's a lot right here, isn't there? About an acacia thorn and about, of course, the origins of the whole of this teaching today is a little bit of sad news about a building burning 
in Paris. And sad it is. When you see history just go up in smoke before your eyes, you can never get that back. So I feel blessed that I got to see Notre Dame in all its glory back in the 90s, and it will never be the same. But we can recount our faith and our history that will always remain constant because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. So this acacia thorn that was used to mark the word of Yahuwah, the Sefer Torah, the scroll of Torah, it was used to catch the ram in the thicket, and it was used to crown our Messiah, Yahushua. So let's have a look at some shadow pictures of Yahushua's death in the Old Testament. Turn with me, if you will, to Exodus chapter 40, verse 16. Here's a great shadow picture. Now we're going to build a little bit of history, biblically, around this crown of thorns or acacia tree, Israeli bamboo. Exodus 40, verse 16, it is written, When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said to Joseph, I also was in my dream, and I had three white baskets. Now remember, I told you the acacia tree was often used in basket weaving. And I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was of all manner of baked foods for Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation of it. Now listen, there's so many sowed level mysteries within this passage about the Messiah, Yahushua. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up your head from off of you. Now Pharaoh could be Herod, right, in the prophetic. And he shall hang you on a tree, and the bird shall eat your flesh from off of you. So the baker, he was to be hung on a tree after three days with an acacia thorn branches encircling his head. If that's not a shadow picture for you, I don't know what is, but there's more. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 9. Of course, this is talking about Absalom, the son of King David. 2 Samuel 18 verse 9. What was his end? He ended up being crowned with a crown of thorns, the son of the king. And Absalom met the servants of David. And Absalom rode upon a mule, a donkey. And the mule went under the thick branches of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was hung up between the heavens and the earth. So, the tree different? Yes, it's an oak, not an acacia tree. But he's encircled in branches again around his head as he rode in on a donkey or a mule. And the mule was under him and it went away. And a certain man saw it and told Yoav and said, See, I saw Absalom hung in an oak. What do we have here? We have Absalom, the son of the king, hanging from a tree, his hair entangled in the tree, entangled in the branches, or if you will, he's encircled 
just like a crown. So Absalom's death, like the baker's, is a prophetic shadow picture of Mashiach Yahusha's death that would come. Now, of course, we all know, and Yahusha referred to himself as Jonah as three days in the belly of the whale. Turn with me to Jonah chapter 2, verse 4. We know that Messiah Yahushua said that the sign of Jonah was the only sign, the only sign that the people would be given. So the belly of the whale is the sign of Messiah's burial in the tomb. But listen to Jonah's prayer. Jonah chapter 2 verse 4. Then I said, I am cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters surround me, even to the being. The deep closed around me, and the weeds were wrapped around my head. So here again, we have a sign that points to Messiah with vegetation or weeds or thorns, if you will, wrapped or crowned around his head. So the question you have to ask in this whole biblical narrative is, where did thorns first appear? Well, of course, the answer is in the Garden of Eden. There were three parts to the garden. There was the midst, there was the garden, and of course, there was the land. And this corresponds to the Holy of Holies, the Holy Place, and the Mount of Olives, the first, the second, and the third parts of the garden. Now, the thorn branches around the ramp, branches woven into a basket upon the baker's head as he hangs on the tree. We've got messianic Jonah with weeds and thistles wrapped around his head. And then we've got, of course, the son of the king, Absalom, hung on a tree encircled in vegetation of a crown around his very head. And then we know that Yahusha was crowned in thorns. Why? Why, we must ask. Let's look at the shedding of Messiah's blood. Now, the first shedding of Yahusha's blood occurred in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's recorded to us in Luke chapter 22, verse 44. You can turn there while I have a nice sip of good coffee. Because it is Shabbat and there's nothing better than sitting back in the armchair with the heater going, with a nice cup of coffee, talking about the Bible, studying the Bible, being with your family and praying. The Shabbat is a delight. Luke 22 verse 44. This is now, of course, in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane was the third part of Eden. It was the land of Eden. Remember, we've got the third part of Eden, the land of Eden. You've got the midst, which was the Holy of Holies, and the garden, the holy place. The second shedding of the blood of Messiah happened somewhere else. And that was during the scourging by the Roman soldiers in John chapter 19, verse 1. 
But the third shedding of Yahushua's blood, the crowning of thorns, that happened. So why do we have the shedding of Messiah's blood through the crown of thorns? Well, now we have to look at the words in the Bible. Now look at these key words that just jump out of the pages to us. We've got blood, we've got ground, and we get thorns. Blood, ground, thorns. Blood, ground, thorns. Luke 22, verse 44. And being in agony, he made prayer more earnestly. And his sweat, his sweat became like great drops of blood as he fell down to the ground. Luke 22, verse 44. Now, let's look at John 19, 1. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it upon his head. But if we were to go back to Genesis 3, verse 17 and 18, we read this. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In sorrow you shall eat from it all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring out for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. So what do we have here? The ground is being cursed. And immediately, immediately as the ground is cursed, what happens? Thorns at that very moment come forth. So both are a result of sin. We have to see that clearly through the Bible narrative, that both the ground being cursed and the thorns being born forth are a result of sin. So, follow me on this, if sin is going to be eradicated and death is going to be swallowed up in the victory of Messiah, then what are we going to see transformed and redeemed? We're going to see the curses reversed and the thorns judged. You're going to see it. You have to. Because that is the very consequence consequence, excuse me, of sin. So before the fall of man, there were no thorns whatsoever. So the first evidence, just track with me, I know I'm kind of rambling and excited, and I'm just putting this together on the fly because I was reading the newspaper and um, talking about, of course, Notre Dame and what happened in Paris this week. But we can redeem the news and turn everything towards the glory of Yahweh and proclaim the truth of Yahushua at any given moment in every opportunity if we are willing. I'm willing and I know you are too. So the first evidence of fallen man revealed in creation was of course thorns and thistles. Genesis 3.17, Genesis 3.18. So Yahweh himself pronounced this curse. Now, in Messiah Yahushua, wearing the crown of thorns, he bore the curse. But he didn't just bear the curse for man. He also bore creation's curse as well. This is the amazing thing. This is why Yahuwah allowed for the head of his son, 
kiss the son, if you know his name, his beloved son to be crowned. Because Messiah Yahushua purchased by his all-sufficient blood, not only your and mine redemption, but the redemption of creation, creation's redemption. So all break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to Yahuwah for a name, and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Of course, those are the prophetic words of Isaiah the prophet in the 55th chapter in the 12th and 13th verse. So yeah, life goes on. Tragedy unfolds. There's yellow jackets in Paris. Notre Dame burns. But I always try to look for Messiah Yahushua in everything because he's my all in all. He's your all in all. And the only reason I can get through each day of my life is because of my first love. And if I have an opportunity and the world gives me an opportunity to be able to share of his greatness and his glory, even in something like this, a piece of phenomenal architecture being torched, turned into ashes. But out of that, is there a relic that survived? Is it truly the authentic relic? That matters not to me. What matters to me is that I know that my Messiah lives. And yes, he was crowned with a crown of thorns. Whether that's the ones the Parisians have, whether that's the one that was saved from Notre Dame, according to the French it is, but you know, the French have said many things to the English over the years that weren't quite so. Messiah's blood redeems us and he reverses the curse of sin. He bleeds by the crown of thorns to redeem the earth and creation. But then he bleeds at the tree to redeem man. This is why Messiah bled more than one time. His blood reverses the curse of sin, but he bled by the crown of thorns to redeem the earth and creation. That was the purpose of the crown of thorns. When they were placed on his head and it brought forth that blood, that was not the blood that redeemed you and me. That was the blood that redeemed the creation because the creation bore forth a curse by bringing forth thorns and thistles and was cursed. And when Yahushua was crowned and the blood came forth on his forehead, right then that blood purchased the creation. But it was later when he was nailed to the tree that that blood purchased you and me. He bleeds by the crown of thorns to redeem the earth and creation. Then, when? Then he bleeds at the tree to redeem me and you. This is powerful. 
when you really think about it, because you've got all these liberal nuts going on about, you know, global warming and they're all trying to save the earth. And, you know, I'm not into littering or anything like that. But let's get perspective here. You can't save the earth. It's already been redeemed by the Messiah, Yahushua. Al Gore, if he's trying to save the earth, it's because he's the anti-Messiah. I'm not saying that he is, but he's got some characteristics of it, right? As do all of these politicians that are championing this false narrative. Because they can't do what they claim that they're going to do, which is save the earth, right? No. There's only one that can save the earth and save mankind, and that is the creator, Yahuwah, through his outstretched arm, Yahushua. So I don't buy into their false narrative, because my security and my savior lives, and he's already redeemed the earth. And we're to be good stewards of it, yes. But we don't have to believe their false narrative, because the truth is Yahushua bled with the crown of thorns to save the planet? I don't know. Really, is it a planet? Anyway, that's another subject. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, as we continue on, Psalm 24, verse 1, when I start to go off track, get me back in the Word and we'll be good to go. Messiah's blood redeems and reverses the curse of sin, but the psalmist says, the earth is Yahweh's and the fullness thereof. The earth is his through the creation and it's his legally through redemption. The sacrifice was crowned by thorns and will call his people back to him by that very same ram's horn, which was caught in the thorns all the way back with Abraham. A substitute for the seed of Abraham redeems back the whole of creation, the land, and mankind. It's a full package deal by the blood of redemption of Messiah Yahushua. Look what Paul the Apostle says to the Romans in the 8th chapter and the 21st verse. Because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of Elohim. For we know that the whole creation, it groaneth and travaileth in pain together until the crowning of Messiah, until now. See, Paul knew that something changed when that crown of thorns was placed upon the brow of Yahushua. It changed the groaning and the travaileth of creation. How about 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, where it is written, For this is true favor. If because of a good conscience to Yahuwah anyone endures grief or suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if when you are beaten for your own faults you shall take it patiently? But if, when you do well and still suffer for it, and you take it patiently, this is acceptable to Yahuwah. For even to this were you called, because Messiah also suffered for us, 
leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. He who his own self carried our sins in his own body on the tree. So where did he carry our sins? When he was crowned with the thorns? Or was it when he was nailed to the tree? It was nailed to the tree. That we, being dead to sins, should live to righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. This is stripes from the scourging, yes, but also there is healing to the creation by the stripes on his brow from the crown of thorns. Because you were a sheep going astray, but now have made repentance to the shepherd and guardian of your beings. So now when we look back and we see in the week's news that a piece of European history has been burnt to the ground, but they saved apparently the holy relic of the crown of thorns. Now, of course, is it legitimate? Well, you can be the judge of that. But I tell you what is legitimate. The fact that Messiah Yahushua bled three times to redeem creation, to redeem the ground, and to redeem you and I. And when that crown of thorns was placed upon his head, that was foretold in the prophecies of the Old Testament, whether it was the ram that was caught by the acacia thicket, whether it was the baker that had the basket of acacia upon his head, and after three days took the judgment, or whether it was messianic Absalom who hung in a tree and was encircled, encircled with thorns, encircled with branches, or whether it was messianic Jonah. What I do know is this, is our Redeemer lives, and our redemption is here. And when the news tells you of sad things and the world is in upset, for me, I always look to find my Messiah in everything because he is my only hope and he is your only hope. And as the world gets caught away in things that happen that are sad and tragic, there is always for us hope. Hope in everything because he bled for us, he died for us, and he now intercedes for us, sitting at the right hand of the Father. The crown of thorns is a real thing. The crown of thorns is a true biblical reality. And because of his bleeding comes the redemption of creation, that all creation shall sing, and that you and I shall sing. Now, would I like to go back to France? Would I like to go and visit some of those thorn chapels and have a look at the relics and see if they are so? 
at least have a little butchers at them, a little look and see. Yeah, I'd like to. And did I enjoy walking around the streets of Paris? And did I enjoy back in the days looking at Notre Dame? The magnificence of that architectural structure? Yes, for sure and for certain. But what interested me more was the thought of the holy relics. Because if I can connect anything back to the Bible, that's where I find true happiness and joy. Because the things of the world, the things of man, they will all burn, they will all perish. But we have a security that will never burn. We have a security that will see us through all in all. And that is our redemption. And the crown of thorns is just another example of how we can rejoice when the world is suffering because of the sufferings that have gone before us. I hope you have a blessed Shabbat. And I know I'm rambling a little bit, but it really impacted me because people get so upset. And I understand that, but they're living in the world and they are of the world. But we're of a different, different people, aren't we? That we can look at something like what happened in Paris this week and we can take it right back to the Bible. I pray Yahweh bless the rest of your Shabbat. I hope to see you live next week. Shabbat Shalom.